Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we'll be talking about the tragic situation in Maui, and we'll also be talking about the upcoming Republican primary debate and more. So let's start. And listeners, before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find the audios on YouTube. You can find links in the show notes. And if you'd like to support us directly, please consider leaving a donation through our podcast host partner, Red Circle. You can also find links for that in the show notes. And also, you can go to contemporaryconservative.net and there are links on our homepage for it. And to get started, um, I'm going to kick it off with a little story that um, I heard about uh, once again on the Fox News Rundown podcast, which um, uh, is, if anybody's not aware of it, I'm, I've definitely mentioned it a couple times, but for those who haven't listened to it, it's definitely different from like the Fox News channel and what you'll usually see on there. This is definitely more news and reporting based. Um, oftentimes probably some stories that you won't hear about on the regular Fox News channel. Um, but anyway, um, one of the things they were talking about recently in one of the episodes, and I'll have a link to it in the, the show notes, is um, there's uh, been ongoing issues with uh, China and the Chinese government and in partnership with some Chinese companies um, stealing uh, intellectual property from like American uh, businesses and companies and um, usually people might often think of this as like out of stealing like technology designs like maybe the uh, patents form or something like that or research documents that go into producing a product or what have you um, but there's another type that I hadn't thought of until I listened to this episode um, but they when it comes to agriculture uh, there's been at least one instance of a uh, Chinese national who I believe worked for some kind of company who was stealing seeds right out of the ground and these are special seeds made from were made by uh, Monsanto's and DuPont um, are supposed to be you know, less prone to blight and other, you know, conditions that affect uh, crops and all that. Right. Um, so this, they, they're just stealing the seeds right out of the ground and trying to take them back to China so they can reverse engineer them and figure out how to make them so they have the seeds for themselves because uh, China actually has a problem with producing enough food uh, food and crops to feed all their people and uh, to be able to have seeds that can withstand various conditions and pesticides and all these things would help them but they don't have the technology for it and also a concern is that they could potentially reverse engineer it and find out how to damage the seeds you know thus Right, destroying the uh, sort of undoing. Yeah, un yeah, undoing it and finding a way to harm the the crops that are planted over here in America. 
Right. Um, so I just kind of thought that was fascinating. Because um, like I said, I, that's not a particular way of intellectual property theft that I would have really thought about. And it's uh, definitely something to to be concerned about, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's all I really had on it. Um, it just kind of stood out to me. And like I said, I'll have the links to the uh, Fox News Rundown episode. And there's also a uh, Wall Street Journal article from 2016 that I'll have linked that talks about um, this one particular person who uh, was caught taking the seeds and trying to smuggle them back to China. Well, I know it's also interesting, you know, it just kind of makes me think that this is going to continue to be an ongoing issue Mm -hmm. because, you know, Trump tried to address some of this when he was in office Mm -hmm. um, and they rip off everything from little novelty items to, you know, much more important Mm -hmm. things. Um, One might think weapon systems and stuff like this. I mean, who knows? And then... um, you know, I would just say that it's one of the the things that we've become increasingly aware of in this country, mm-hmm. you know, in light of the pandemic and the supply chain issues, like when the uh, ship got stuck in the canal mm-hmm. and how they manufacture everything over there yeah. from, you know, novelty items, soap, some right. food items, and then all the way up to like antibiotics yeah, and medicines. Yeah, chips, and, medicines, yeah, exactly. Um, so i mean it's dangerous and one almost has to ask the question i mean what do you expect when you Mm. hand over everything just in the name of cheap labor and cheap Mm -hmm. manufacturing you have to hand the patents over the designs Mm -hmm. the i mean basically everything yeah the the what you'd call the royal jewels maybe or or Mm -hmm. whatever you have to hand it right over so that they can copy and continue to copy and manufacture mm-hmm. your intellectual property. So, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. And I think one of the only ways to really combat it would be to bring manufacturing home and keep manufacturing in your backyard, someplace right. where you can control, you know, how your intellectual property, your designs, mm-hmm. your blueprints, your whatever right. is being manufactured. Right. Yeah. And if you can't bring it all the way home, at least get it in friendly territory yeah or break up the design so that the most the key Mm. the most important things aren't all being manufactured by you know one potentially bad actor right yeah Uh diversify yeah diversify exactly the manufacturing so maybe this part's made here and that part's Mm. made there and you know then it all gets assembled I that some companies have definitely started to do that, which is good because I know Apple has because um, they have a lot of uh, manufacturing that's done in China, but some of their stuff lately they've been moving to like India and Vietnam, uh, some parts of like Korea, mm-hmm. Taiwan, other places like that. Yeah. So, but hopefully, uh, it yeah, hopefully this is an issue that can get cracked down on some uh one of the things that uh, they were discussing in the uh, rundown podcast was there is a um republican congresswoman from iowa ashley i forget her last name i just remember first name was ashley who had a like special uh, like 
gathering of other Congress people and uh, senators and business leaders in Iowa to discuss this. Yeah. Um, so it definitely seems like it's, you know, the politicians are paying attention to it. At least some of them are. That's good. Yeah. And that's all I got on that story. All right. Well, to move over to something just as interesting, but maybe a little more somber and mm. serious. Um, you know, there's been some things going on down in Hawaii, down in mm-hmm. Maui specifically. Um, there's like, I guess there were like some pretty bad storms, maybe hurricane level storms that blew through and down some power lines back yeah. on August 8th that started a fire. And there's been like, you know, a bunch of property damage, a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff go up in smoke oh, on yeah. fire. Um, and apparently something that really shocked me, you know, I wasn't surprised to learn that a few people had died because I, you might expect or wonder that mm-hmm. when you hear about the extent of the issues, but it's actually over 111 people have died. Yeah. And they're, I'm sure it's still going to go up. Yeah. Some are children. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they do expect for the number to go up in the coming days. But there are some interesting issues Mm -hmm. that have come to the surface out of this. And some of them just ring a little true to me and interesting. Um, And it sort of is telltale of the government and the powers that be Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you can never waste a crisis and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some people who are really screaming foul over this and the conspiracy theories have been flying. Sure. There's a bunch of conspiracy theories, everything from, you know, this was caused by somebody has a secret weapon, mm-hmm. secret uh, energy weapon. They fired an energy weapon. I heard a small snippet, not, and I don't give it any credence. I'm not going to include it in anything. It won't be in the show notes, but I heard a small sound bite that said a, a laser had been fired from outer space. Oh, the the famous or infamous Jewish space laser. Oh, a laser had been fired from space and caused this fire. And lasers, um, Linda. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, some of it gets a little fantastical, yeah. but mm-hmm. there have been some very, like I say, telltale things. And um, there was a young man, it will be included in the show notes, Uh, it's a TikTok video, so sorry everybody, but that's the link that I was provided, so that's what I have to share. Mm. But there's a um, a young man on TikTok who has lived in Maui for the last nine years of his life, and he's talking about how it's really just in these sort of holdout areas that there's been significant damage. And what he means by like holdout areas is like they're like neighborhoods, they're places. He refers to them as, um, let's see, he says of the nicest and most pristine, the most pristine parts of Maui mm. have been where some of the most significant damage has been. Like places where the natives have held on to it and have not sold out to like big corporations who want to build grocery stores or want to build apartment complexes or want to build, build, build. Mm -hmm. Um, The people have really just kind of kept these 
places as they were, as they have been. And it's interesting that some of the most significant damage is in these specific areas. And that it, you know, he's talking about the topography of the island and Mm how you'd think, one would think that the fires would burn a certain way, but they seem not to have burned in a normal, what one might think would be a normal fashion. And, you know, they sort of went to these specific places. And then, um, you know, there are some other issues. Um, there's a guy, let me see if I can find his name here. I'm sure I haven't. Um, oh, yeah, Herman Andaya. He's the head of the Maui Emergency Management Agency. Oh, uh, is he the one that like abruptly resigned? Yeah, he yeah, abruptly uh-huh. resigned due to health reasons mm. in the wake of all of this. Um, which is interesting because yeah, of one of the, yeah, and one of the other things that's been pointed out is Hawaii, I guess, has like famous a famous alarm system. It's like uh, one of the world's best, yeah, best in the world. And um, although this thing raged, I guess, f- for quite a while and caused all this damage and has caused all this harm to human life and property, the alarm bells never rang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that one. Um, and then, um, uh, there's been some interesting video. It'll be included in the show notes. There's video of how these people have basically been like the n- residents have basically been, uh, like in lockdown now. They're not allowed. They don't have free agency to just move and roam, mm. I guess, because there's all these, you know, uh, like organizations field. and groups and everything oh, okay, in there trying to manage the situation that, the people have been sort of like restricted and confined to certain areas and they're not just allowed to go wander around or, you know, move freely. So it's almost like they're in a sort of lockdown. And then um, the president, you know, the president was supposed to go down there. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. I tried to look and before we came on air and I'm not sure if he's been or not. Uh, Last I heard, he's supposedly supposed to go on Monday. Okay, see, that's the last I heard, too, is he's supposed to go. But then I also did see that he's announced a $700 one-time payment Uh to all the residents impacted by these fires. Yeah. Okay, well, that goes along with something, too, in my opinion, just the way I think. You'll see, the last thing that I'm really going to talk about is there have already been calls... And this fits right in with like the whole 2030 agenda, agenda 2030, about how we're supposed to live in these, you know, like um, technology-based urban areas and we're going to rent everything. You won't own anything and Uh, you'll be uh happy and all this stuff. Well, the governor has already been out talking about having the government of Hawaii, of Maui, confiscate some of these badly damaged areas and like turning them into smart towns or green zones or or whatever they call the those things mm-hmm. you know but basically he's talking about confiscating a government buyout by buying the land and repurposing it for you know, basically like government use or whatever for them to design some kind of smart city, do 
basically to put their liberal utopia in place, you know, to build some kind of smart liberal city. <clears throat> and um, it tracks for me. It makes sense. I mean, yeah, they've been making these payments a lot, but it also fits in like with the whole eminent domain doctrine where they have to give you a fair price for your house or whatever, or, you know, if they if the government confiscates your property to repurpose it for a government use, mm -hmm. they have to give you the fair, essentially the fair market value of whatever mm -hmm. they're confiscating. Right. Well, what's the fair market value of burn-up land? And see, they're paying them. I mean, it makes sense. They're already calling for the, the property to be taken and used for other purposes. And, you know, I mean... There's some fishy stuff, and the last thing that I'll say about it is there's other people than just TikTokers and stuff. There are some big names. Um, there's a basketball player. I mean, I don't know him. I don't follow basketball or anything, but this guy makes a lot of money. He's well-known. His name's Royce White, in case you've ever heard of him. Nope. But he's been calling for um, investigations into this Maui thing. Mm -hmm. Um investigate Maui, I think is what he's been putting out on social media. And there are some others, you know, there's some, some really big attention has been drawn from this. So I just wanted to touch on it, you know, kind of what I had seen. Um, right. One of the things that first got me thinking about this is I've heard everybody talk about Maui. Everybody's been talking about Maui. I've been seeing how my the corporation that I work for gave a donation uh, to the Red Cross for this. Um, I've seen ads on TV about giving, um, I knew the president was going to go, but that was about it. And I had not seen any footage of the fires or anything. So that's the first thing that kind of got me thinking, you know, is like, how come I haven't seen anything? I hear everybody talking about it, but I haven't seen anything, you know, as far as actual from on the ground footage. Uh -huh. So, so anyway, there you go. Make of it what you will, but, um, I just find some of it interesting, especially, you know, even some of the conspiracies that come out of it, the real deep ones, I think they're interesting, but they go out there too, you know? Yeah, and like usual, um, <clears throat> the lack of information is what helps drive some conspiracies. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, the, it's definitely something that should be looked into, like any kind of natural disaster, or what seems to be a natural disaster to see if it actually was. Well, and I don't think there should be such a knee-jerk reaction by the government or other actors right. either to just be trying to claim that, you know, let's not waste an opportunity. Let's uh -huh. maximize on this. I think that's oh, yeah. horrible. They're, they're jumping on it in all kinds of ways. They've Global warming caused it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah, it's... Uh, Terrible situation. I sure. couldn't believe how many people are dead. Yeah. I mean, you'd think, I think I would have heard that more than anything else and seen some footage right. of the fire, but. Uh, I've only seen like one clip. There was these two guys in their car trying to drive away and they saw a lady who was probably dead in the street and they just, one guy just kept saying, there's nothing that we can do for it. We just got to keep going. I saw some good stills in my research for this, but I still haven't seen any video as of yet. But mm -hmm. I am aware now 
more than I was before I did any research that right. there is footage. I just, you know, like I said, it was just interesting to me that I hadn't seen any right. before that I had to go searching for it. Yeah, you think anytime like the local news was talking about it, they might play clips of the blazes and all. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the whole thing with the sirens not going off is like the, one of the biggest ones I've heard about. Like, because usually they sound those for a lot of different things. And uh, I forget where I saw it recently, just a day or two ago. Supposedly part of the reason why they didn't sound the sirens is because they're for tsunamis and they didn't want people to think well, a tsunami was coming and run inland where the fires were. But see, that's not true. In one of the links that's going to be provided, um, you know, in the research that I've done for for this story... Um, they use is, it for multiple reasons. They use it for multiple yeah, reasons. Uh-huh. One of the first that's listed is for wildfires. And one of the things is, is like I was saying, they have a world famous, mm-hmm. and I mean that. I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm no alarm systems expert or anything. I don't know who would be privy to this information, who would know this. But apparently so. It's a world famous alarm system, and it has over 400 different tones that it can make. So, you know, that there would be different ones mm-hmm. makes sense. The, the yeah. fact that wildfires is listed as one of the first reasons mm-hmm. you might even employ such an alarm system, um, you'd think that there'd be a dedicated tone, a recognizable tone right. for uh, fire alarms. And the people would be used to this system. Mm-hmm. Right. They'd be aware of it. So yeah. you, they'd go, oh, that's not the tone for a tsunami. Right. Well, I wonder what that means. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, some somebody definitely dropped the ball somewhere, it seems like, in the response. Well, plus the other thing that came to my mind right away, too, is we've seen this before. Do you remember another story, very interesting, from several years back about Hawaii's alarm system? Uh, Yeah, like erroneously went off. They erroneously sent out a warning that a nuclear... Yeah, uh, I recall that. It was a nuclear alert. Mm -hmm. So I only bring that up, again, as a backup to say that this alert system that they have is multi-purposed. Yeah. If it can warn for a nuclear disaster, it can warn for tsunamis, Mm -hmm. it can warn for fires. Come on. And yes, somebody definitely dropped the ball, and it sounds like for like... Days, yeah, days. <clears throat> yep, uh, it's definitely something to get to the bottom of. I think. Oh, I think it should probably go further than just one man's resignation, too. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> yep. Uh, is that all you got? That's all I got on that one. All right. Of course, you know I would pray f- for yeah, the dead and their families. Say that you and... God be with those souls that <laughs> they lost. But. uh to move on to the next topic um, is uh, the upcoming primary Republican debate hosted by Fox News. Oh, yeah. It airs, I believe, on Wednesday, August 23rd, 9 o'clock p.m. And um, Well, who's going to be there? I got a list. I got a list of who's going to be there. I think I know some of the names. Yeah. Um, well, um, first off, uh, 
to have qualified for the debate, the Republican National Committee or whatever, the RNC, um, set in a couple rules. Uh, the first one is that uh, each candidate must attract 40,000 unique donors uh, with at least 200 from each state. Um, and then the second qualification is they must reach 1% in three national polls or um, 1% in two national polls and in two polls from separate early voting states. And then the third qualification, which uh, at least to me, it's not very clear if it's uh, technically a disqualification if they don't mean it. But it's, they had to sign this pledge. Have you heard about this pledge? Yeah. I think it's kind of silly. And some know. of them haven't signed it. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll be naming them here in just a moment. Um, but yes, uh, if you did all three of those things, got your donors, got your polls, and signed the pledge, you're definitely going to be on that debate stage Wednesday night. And those people... Well, you're definitely qualified. Well... Ah, foreshadowing. Uh, yes. <laughs> You're qualified to be on the debate stage. Um, and we got... Uh, da, 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 um, okay, fully qualified is Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> uh, Ramaswamy, I think is how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um... My main guy, Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota. I'm glad to see he made it. Uh, Tim Scott. And that's it for the fully qualified list. Oh, really? The pizza eater didn't... He didn't clear it? Uh, we'll, we'll get to it here in one second. Uh, if I believe I know who you're talking about. No, I'm talking about uh, that one from New Jersey. Uh, this is met all requirements but has not signed the pledge. Donald Trump and Chris Christie. Yeah, Chris Christie. Yeah. That's who I'm calling a pizza eater. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And those are the only two in that group. Um, so that's that's where I'm not sure if it's fully disqualifying because for what seems like Chris Christie's going to be there, uh, but he still hasn't signed the pledge as of August 11th, according to the CNN. And what is the pledge? Remind me. Um, that... You'll the whoever signs the pledge will support the Republican nominee, nominee okay. whoever it is. Yeah. Um, which I don't see what makes it binding. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Also, I was like, uh, it's kind of silly, but I don't see why they just don't sign it anyway and say like, who cares? What's it matter? What are they gonna do to you? I I, I don't know. But anyway, yep, those two haven't signed Well, it, it. probably just has to do with the RNC, you know, because they yeah. basically don't want to back two candidates. They don't want to be funding. Right. Yeah. They don't want, yeah, they don't want to try to run two campaigns, essentially. Or they don't want to just fund a failure. Right. Uh-huh. Basically. You know, they don't want to just waste the money. Right. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes some sense. In a way. It makes a, sense yeah. from the RNC standpoint, right. but basically none other. Right. It, it is silly. Um, but the, uh, there's a few people 
Uh, there's a group who only have met the polling requirements, but do not have the 40,000 unique donors and may or may not have signed the pledge. Um, Asa Hutchinson, he's, he was the governor of Arkansas. I don't really care for him. Um, but he uh, even, like I said a moment ago, this article is, actually comes from CNN, our good friends there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, dated August 11th, um, a week ago from when, we're, when we are recording. And I still don't think Asa Hutchinson has his unique donors because he was on one of the Fox News Rundown episodes I listened to, I think, earlier this week. And he still not, did not have uh, his donor, the donors. So I don't think we'll see him. Uh, and these people here next uh, have only met the donor requirements. They have not gotten any significant polling uh, 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 stats. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking for there. Uh, well, basically, they just haven't met the Yeah, they haven't met the polling requirements, yeah. Um, which is Will Hurd. Uh, I believe he is that congressman from Texas. Uh, talked about him before a couple episodes ago. Um, when we we're talking about some of the candidates running, really, I hadn't heard. <laughs> uh, and then Francis Suarez, who I'm actually kind of bummed that's not going to be on the debate stage. He's the mayor of Miami. Uh, he seems pretty interesting. Um, so I would have liked to have seen him on the stage to help sh- share his opinions and his ideas and stuff. Um, and then lastly, the one name that we all will recognize, but might have forgotten, who has met no requirements, Larry Elder. Oh. Yeah. Well, he did so well in California. Yeah, yep. Yep. He, he sure did. Yeah. Um, but, yep, that's pretty I think there is another guy who's a Michigan businessman uh, who was in the... Um, uh, only met the donor requirements group, uh, but I didn't even recognize his name, so I doubt very many people would have either. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting debate. Uh, we're still... Well, as we were getting ready for the show, I saw that uh, as Donald Trump still says he's not going to be there. Instead, he's going to do a thing with Tucker Carlson. Right. That's yeah. the angle I was going to take on this. Uh-huh. So, like you said about the foreshadowing, I don't think Donald Trump's going to be there. I don't think he w- is going to either. And I think it's really interesting. I've seen, you know, everybody has a feeling about Trump, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. You're with him, you're without him, it doesn't matter. I think it's amazing, though, the man. He absolutely cracks me up. So I want to dwell on that for a minute. You know, he's got these four different indictments now. Uh-huh. He's got the one out of Georgia for the election interference. He's got the one on the January 6th committee thing. Well, the, you know, the January 6th day that will live in infamy thing where supposedly he tried to overturn the election there's a case on that there's a case on the classified documents how he smuggled them out and had aides help him and you know was in possession of these classified documents he shouldn't be in possession of or whatever and then the last one i'm pretty sure is that one out of new york Uh on falsifying business records 
Yeah. So he's got these four different indictments, 91 separate charges in all these four cases. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing because I've seen some different reactions to it. I saw a headline put out by the Washington Post where they claim that fatigue has set in. Indictment fatigue or something like that because there's all these charges uh-huh. and it's like, you know, it's like that old, um, it's basically become a meme of like, uh, what's her name? Rachel Mad Cow going tick, 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 drip, drip, drip. But people aren't watching that stuff anymore. People don't really seem to care. They've kind of tuned all this out in a way, in a manner of speaking. So I thought that was interesting that there's some people are saying they have fatigue over Mm -hmm. this. But then there's also Trump's reaction to it. Have you seen this where he's out? He was at a rally somewhere and he's telling the crowd, he says, you know, every time I get an indictment, my polls go up. And he said, and what we need now to seal the deal is one more indictment. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen that clip? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just, I think that's so funny, and I, I love the man. I just, I love him. I mean, what a reaction, you yeah. know? Give me one more on anything. Come on, I didn't tie my shoes this morning. Can I get indicted, please? <laughs> I need some more free publicity. <laughs> I love that man. But then I think it's also funny, I've seen some people making fun of him, because he's out there saying that he's easily 50 points ahead of these other people, all those names that you just listed that are going to uh-huh. be on at the debate. Well, he doesn't want to go participate because he's, in his mind, he's easily 50 points ahead of all these people. Uh-huh. Well, you know what the real number is? Uh, probably more than that. No, it's not more oh. than that. Okay. But it's pretty significant. He's 38.8 points ahead of his next closest competitor. Uh-huh. 38.8. That's almost 40. And that is almost 50, isn't it? I mean, in Trump's head, that's not crazy. That's not a crazy jump. That's 11 points. Come on. 11. 38.8 is much closer to 50 than it ain't, you know? Yeah. And this isn't the crime of the century, him saying he's 50 points ahead of everybody or anything. But I just think it's funny, and I love the man. Now, I don't know if I want him to be president again or not. You know, we've had those kinds of conversations. But Mm -hmm. I love... This reaction, yeah, it's Trump. definitely a way of you know, kind of like sticking it to him, showing how much you know, you how silly you think those charges even are, exactly. Yeah, bring, bring them on, yeah. yeah. And, well, and he's going to be doing this counter uh-huh. uh programming instead of the debate, he's still uh-huh. going to be on TV that night, yeah, but not with those other dummies, his competitors, uh-huh. you know, not to slight them, right, I know but you know, saying. I'm kind of talking. Trump-esque here. Um, So I just think that's cool. You know, whether it'll help or not, it's very Trump, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's nothing new. He skipped out on the debates his first go-around in 2016. So anyway, I just just think it's an interesting sort of the way things are coming to a head here. Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely get the political strategy of it um but i think if he really wants to try to at least win people over or get people to stick with him i think he should show up but 
Who am I? Right. <laughs> well, right. Who are you? Right. Yes, that's fair. But then I also, I mean, I have a little bit of bias because I love Trump. You know, as I just said, I don't know that he's the right man for the moment. Mm-hmm. But I look at this list and I'm sorry, but Nikki Haley and Chris Christie and Mike Pence don't have a prayer. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I'm just one guy. Who am I, too? Right. You know? But I look at those names and I think, I don't know that I'd want to be standing next to them either. Especially if I was 40 points ahead of everybody. I mean, why? I just don't know. You know? Well, I mean, like it's going to be an I interesting. Get, I, I definitely get the political strategy. I think it's a smart move. I just, all I'm saying is if, if he wants to make his case to the people, I think he should show up. But that's all. I think he's going to make his case anyway. Right. And, of course, you know how he's thinking. He's already sure. made his case. People know what he's like. Yeah. I think I literally saw that quip from him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what do you think about this? I've heard a few people talk about how when it comes, if he gets the nomination, he has to debate Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not going to do it, partly because he has the excuse that Trump didn't do any debates. I would be very clever if I were Trump. I mean, you're asking me. I'm going to answer you. I'd be very clever. I'd do it in like in an SNL sort of style, and I'd put a sock puppet there uh-huh. that looked exactly like Joe Biden and reacted exactly like Joe Biden. And I'd put up some relatively serious yet silly questions, and I'd have the sock puppet versus Trump. And right. I, I mean, that's how it's going to be even if Joe Biden shows up. So that's how I'd do it. I'd just put a damn sock puppet there. And excuse my use of the word damn, but I think it'd be a good fill-in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I would bet that they probably wouldn't happen. I can't see that old half-brain-dead man <laughs> coming out next year trying to have a debate with Donald Trump. He'll just say... You know, he didn't do the debates, and I don't debate criminals. Well, right, I get that. Yeah. But, you know, Trump's really good about saving face. And mm-hmm. if somebody like, um, what's his name, Michaels, who, who does SNL? Lorne. Know. If somebody like Lorne Michaels would agree to it, then sure, okay, skip the debates. I'd go on SNL and have fake debates against the sock puppet. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you that would make such a national splash, you know? That would make headlines. That would people would be laughing about that, even if they like Joe Biden. I guarantee you that everybody would see that story. Would it be a vote-getting story? I don't know about that. No, I don't think so either. But I think it'd be very Trump. Oh well, yeah, definitely. And I think it would have an effect. I mean, some reasonable person. But this is where it can be a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. a reasonable person in the middle they might say, "Oh, well, that poor Joe Biden. He's no sock." it that's not fair you know right. and they might vote to give the sympathy vote mm-hmm. but somebody in the middle might go you know that's exactly right uh-huh. he is a sock puppet you know and and vote with trump so i don't know i think sometimes you just give people a stark reality mm-hmm. like that and people will vote the truth you know but i also have a lot of hope in people and it, it probably wouldn't go that way they'd probably say oh that poor joe biden <laughs> yeah because i think still one of trump's biggest hurdles is he there's gonna there's 
He's going to have to get people who didn't vote for him the past two times. Yeah. He rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Yeah. I hear it. But I like Trump's brain. Oh, yeah. I, I He's a fascinating man. I like uh, some of his uh, hilarity. And I think his biggest issue, I mean, just as a straight-shooting conservative guy talking to hopefully other straight-shooting conservative people— I think his biggest thing is ego. You know, mm-hmm. I've talked about it before. Of course, yeah. And I think he put the wrong people in his cabinet. And right. hopefully, if he were given a second chance, I don't know about the ego. I think that's something that oh, everybody's yeah. hoping he for. That. <laughs> yeah, that's something that everybody's hoping for that you're just going to have to get over. He's right. not getting over his ego. Right. But hopefully, he'll put some better people in this time. Right. He's learned. Hopefully, he's not going to get burned by somebody like a Mike Pence. Right. <clears throat> yep. We'll see. Uh, um, uh, we won't get to watch the debates until after we come back from camping. But we might be coming to you live from the woods, so we hope you'll look out for that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm looking forward to the debates whenever I do get back to watch them. Um, I'm excited to see how uh, Ron DeSantis performs and Doug Burgum. I'm excited for all of them. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. Um, who's that real liberal Yahoo on the other side for their debates? That Miriam Williamson? Oh. I can't wait till she's on the stage and I can hear her saying her um, crazy loop-de-doo stuff. <laughs> the last I heard, there will not be any DNC debates. What? Yeah. They're not going to have any. Unless it's changed since. Well, that's maybe news a month to ago. me. Holy Toledo. Yeah, um, I was all jazzed up about getting to hear her. Yeah, I mean, I very well could be wrong, but I am fairly certain that at least one point they were not planning to have any. Could well, have I'm sure that you're right, but that's, I find that disappointing. Yeah. I wonder if that's news to any of the listeners, too. Maybe. They'll have to let us know. Um, but, yep, anyway, I'm excited. Excuse me. Excited for the debates. I think it'll be interesting. Um you know, it's the first one, so it's gonna, for some people, be their big first impressions on the on the stage. Well, yeah, I mean, there's names there, mm-hmm. Burgum, yep, that Ramaswamy. aren't very familiar to people, so uh-huh. it will be interesting. Yeah, yep. And oh, side note, last last little bit here. Speaking of debates, have you heard that? The governor of California and the governor of Florida have agreed to a debate. Uh, Newsom and DeSantis. Yeah, I know who they are. What would the point of that debate be? Um, I guess just for poops and giggles, because I think it all started with Newsom being on Hannity's show a few weeks ago. And, of course, Newsom has been making political ads going after... Um, Ron DeSantis. Um, well, I've also heard, you know, should Biden fail, that he's going to be mm-hmm. one of the lead runners for that position. Right, so I yeah. just wonder if it's not, you know, in a way like an audition for the presidency right. too, because obviously DeSantis is running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it'd be a pretty interesting debate because it it it'd be very good. Um, I don't know contrast of. The two different uh, policy uh, 
directions. Really. Well, I think it'd be interesting too because got your most progressive state versus. I don't know. It's just it's so often when you present these things to me that I'm not prepared for that. I feel my bias because I just feel like DeSantis would wipe the floor with. Oh, of course, music. I think so too. <clears throat> but yeah, I, it's it's just a good kind of uh, model of you know progressive politics versus more conservative politics and policies and which one's better so i I think that'd be interesting to see supposedly it might happen in november if they make it happen i just also find it interesting because we've talked about this before but it's almost like one of those things where it's going to be seen as if by populations who speak two different languages too mm-hmm. i mean do you yeah. know what i mean like yeah the people doesn't... who back newsom are going to be sitting there salivating at yeah. everything uh-huh. he says and every expression he makes and right. every and then every time desantis talks they're going to be hearing angry voices in their head uh-huh. and the opposite for the opposite yeah yeah i get that um it, it kind of does seem like it's you know f- food for the ultra political if you will, something like that. If you catch what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a sport. Like yeah. a, a, I don't know. Yeah. Two of your favorite boxers going at it. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. But it would be interesting to see that debate. It'd, uh, I'd like I'd like to see it happen. Yeah. And uh, is that all you got? That's all I got. That is all I have, too. And folks, if you enjoyed this conservative conversation, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many more. You can also subscribe to the audios on YouTube and share, like, comment, and subscribe there. And if you'd like to leave us a donation to support us directly, you can find links in the show notes. And like I said at the top of the show, you can go to contemporaryconservative.net and you can find a link there on the homepage. If you've liked this material, hopefully you'll share it with a friend or two. And as usual, thanks for listening. <laughs>